lives in uh, just outside of like in rural Virginia, suburban Virginia, something like that. And he wrote this song that is very populist in tone. Um, it, if you listen to some people, they make it seem like it's just a overtly right wing song. I don't really think that it is. I think there are some right wing elements there, but it, he's not. If you listen to any of his other music that he has available on Spotify, he's not a like right wing guy. He's taking shots at both the left and the right in other songs that he has on Spotify. Um, but the big controversy around this song has been a lot of the second verse, but this song, like I said, is it, it has like a, a populist tone of the struggles that a lot of people have gone through, not being able to afford food and gas as easily, not being able to afford housing. And I think the first verse is very, very good. I think the second verse is kind of lacking. That's like, I know there might be some different points when um, different viewpoints with you guys, but I think this where he kind of, where he lost a lot of people in the narrative was the line about if you're five foot three, 300 pounds and you're talking about taxpayers paying for your bags of fudge rounds. One, I like some of the people I've said on seen on Twitter, never seen any bags of fudge rounds ever exist. They're, they come in boxes, but that's, I guess not that important, but I just think that line is a bit cringy. Uh, did I laugh at it? Uh, yeah, I did. Cause I have the humor of a 12 year old, but it's, it's not a very well-written line. The second verse just seems to kind of miss the mark for me compared to the first. The first just seems to be kind of like outlining working class problems in a very populist tone. And it has cut across the political divide more than a lot of artists would have you believe. Um, because you got to understand that a lot of musicians, when they get political, they're a lot more extreme than the average American. And at least in their tone, it's about like the average Twitter political activist is a lot more extreme than the average American. Cause I've talked to some of my friends of both the left and right persuasions on this, and they all kind of like the song. And the, so it's, it's not really as polarizing as people have you to believe. Um, now the big conspiracy theory um, I've been seeing is that he's an industry plant that the music industry is, has deployed him in response to Tyler Childers, uh, like music video recently, which I think is just, let's all put on our tinfoil hats and talk about an industry plant here. I think that's ridiculous. And I think that's just Looney Tunes to suggest that. Now, if they had said that there are influencers or right-wing pundits who are grifters, Dan Bongino, who have jumped on board to try to like, push this song, that's true, um, because that has happened. But that doesn't necessarily mean he was manufactured in a lab somewhere in Virginia or picked out of a crowd and said, hey, th- here's the plan. This is going to be the song you're going to release, and you're going to end up uh, being a big star. Because if that was, this is something we've never seen before in terms of how quickly this has blown up. If that was the case, they would have tried this before. But I just think there's a lot of opportunistic political activists more so than this being a grand plan of the a vast right wing conspiracy. I think that this is just that put take off your tinfoil hat, go outside and touch some grass. <laughs> That's just crazy. But what are y'all's thoughts on both the song and the the big conspiracy about him being an industry plant by the uh, the vast right wing Illuminati? I don't think he's a plant because I don't think. I don't think anybody could plan this. If someone could have planned for this to get this popular this quick, 
they'd rule the world because you can't do it. I, if you're going to draw a correlation to Tyler Childers, this does seem sound wise and the open, the first verse, very similar to Nose on the Grindstone. Grindstone. They're not too awful different. In and that he's aspect. a gender. Yeah. Yeah. Video settings for both of those are not yeah. vastly different. I could, I see that. I, I do somewhat compare it to Nose on the Grindstone by the first verse because it does kind of give you the similar vibe and then they kind of fork in different directions. The, I agree with you on the second verse. The, it, based on the first verse, the second verse is comical. And I think it being comical knocks a step off of the entire song. If that would have even he could have said the same points that he said, but a non-comical way, I think it would have helped the song. I agree, and I don't think I don't think that it was intentionally funny. I think it was unintentionally funny, which is usually not a good thing. If you say fun fudge rounds, it's gonna be in a song. You can't say that in a serious manner. Period. Agree. And it's like that part, when I first heard that, I was like, that can't be a real line because the first part was pretty well written because it, there, the line in the song, I think is the best in the song is living in the new world uh, with an old soul. That's a fantastic line that a lot of people can probably relate to in the current moment that we're in, in America. But then he follows the lines like that up. And then the alliteration that he has with the song title of uh, rich men, North of Richmond to refer to, uh, wealthy elites and politicians, north of Richmond being D.C., then those were good lines. But then he follows it up with bags of fudge around. <laughs> like, like but he said, also, Andy, just, after he says something kind of comical, he'll bring you back in with something not comical. It, you, The way the song is and the way, like the way he sings the chorus is so captivating. This guy could almost sell me on anything. But he... You'll go from, wow, that was kind of dumb. And then it's immediately, you know, after FUD rounds, it was a young man killing themselves. Like yeah, it, yeah, well, it changes so quick. Yeah. You yeah. quickly forget about the part. Like, oh, that was kind of weird. And then you just well, you lose track. Of I'll that. say you too quickly forgot. The vast majority of people out there in the media that and a lot of artists did not forget. That's all they can harp on is yeah, the, yeah. the fudge round line. And I'm not talking about from a songwriting perspective. I'm saying that they make it seem like all he's doing is making fun of, of poor people who are obese. When I can see, this is where I, my take is on that. I can see how people can interpret it that way. That's not how I took it, nor do I think that was his intention. I think it was more him blaming the system that have put people in place to become obese and be dependent upon government in his view. I think that was his intention. I think it was poorly executed, but I can see where they're coming from on that. But the fact that that's the tunnel vision people have on it, I think is a bit ridiculous. I think we are being a a little bit narrow sighted. Um, Like, you know, you alluded to fudge runs, obviously come in a pack, not a bag. Um, (laughs) Yeah. We're being a little, to me, that's all semantics. I beat up on B.J. Barnum's New South song. 
But most of that is just semantics from his point of view. This is just, I, I don't think there's that. Yes, it's a little funny, but in the course of a song, you have to make words flow. So I'm not really going to beat him up on bag and box. I'm not going to be that hard on him. It's just semantics. It's it's yeah. It's just the English language. Um, there is a lot he of. He also hasn't it. been a big, a long term songwriter either. So sure. I try to keep that in mind when listening yeah. to it. I'm, yeah, that, I'm not really, know, good lines here, but he's not like he's been a long established songwriter. Yes, um, and you know, to be determined if he can somehow manage this. And as far as the grifters go, you know, they're they're hilarious because they'll pick little tidbits and. But at the same time, there has been a shift in Tyler Childers. Whether or not you like it or not, there's certainly a shift. And I mean, there was only there was only really a shift in in he did the one music video. He did the, and he the did instrumental, the instrument, but yeah. it's not really a shift. It's more just him. Look, it, this is why I don't think it's a shift. It's not a shift because it's not anything that it's not like he suddenly started believing something different from what he always believed. Well, we didn't know it. Yeah, which is fine. Like, and which look, is, I'm going to yes, be the first yes, one on record. Yes. I don't care about the music I, I, video. I don't or either. The, but we or anything first, like that. But yes. it's just, but yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want albums. people to misconstrue your viewpoint yes, though when right, you're talking yeah. about that. So, all right, a shift is maybe the wrong word. It's more we know him better than we did in 2018 when he released right. Country Squire. Um, he is put his personal beliefs out with the universalist view or whatever we want to call that. Um, but it's, was it Jubilee or I can't remember the album name, but his newest album is instrumental in 2020. Um, was it? Yeah. Country Squire. Yeah. And West Purgatory. So, I mean, he's been, he's been well known longer, you know, him better if you want to call it a shift or it's just an evolution. Or it's just him. Uh, vocalizing public a certain aspect of his viewpoints that maybe sure. he didn't before yeah sure that's all fine yeah um, some people may look at that as a shift some people may look at it as, as just music however you look at it i think the grifters have got a fair point there um his new song me personally i find that hard to believe I've known a few people from West Virginia when the coal mine shut down, they moved down to our area. I just find that hard to believe. Um, not saying it didn't happen, but you know, I just, how common was it? Who knows? Well, those are two separate questions though. Right. I'm, yeah, sure. I'm going to push back on that a little bit. I don't find it hard to believe, but at the same time, it, <clears throat> that's, I think it's, it's much not insinuating that it's common. Yes. I think it's much lower than the mean. Sure, but the, that's not what the music video was saying. It wasn't making yeah. it seem like the, everybody in Kentucky digging coal was gay. I, I kind of got that memo from it. Not really. Well, you need to rewatch it because there were really only two gay dudes, and they were about got beat up in the mind because they were gay. So I mean, that yeah, that is well, the I mean, opposite of what you just said. I think it's trying to re- <laughs> not to get too deep down. We're the, getting down the, the road. We're getting down the, the coal, coal mine. mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's trying to like rewrite how the, is that placed in like the eighties or the sixties? It was roughly about like the, the one that was a fictional story. That sure. Was but yeah, like, I'm just trying was, to, I'm trying to view the It's setting. not an autobiographical story. Yes. But, yes. I know. I'm trying yeah. to just view the, the surroundings yeah. of the video. 
60s, yeah. 80s? Where, 50s, I would say. 50s, definitely okay. The, definitely not the 80s. Okay. I find it hard. I find it hard to believe that, you know, that was common. It, it may have been underground. But, on the pun. But, but it's a mod, now you're Kyle. trying to you're trying to but Kyle, hold on. You're I trying just, to slide it back, slide your point back in there after we just agreed <laughs> on that. Your point was that it, the video the video didn't say it was common. The video said it wasn't common. That was the whole issue in the it would like that the a yeah. lot of their coworkers yeah. had with them. Then you agreed with me on that, and then you tried to slide it back in there and change the subject. I'm gonna call you out on that. Okay. Um, I, yeah. I might have <laughs> I might have misunderstood what we agreed on. Sure. I just, you know, anyway, regardless of that. Whatever you think of that, it completely changed my outlook on the song. Because when you well, just I mean, listen- because anytime a visual, yeah, I mean, yeah. the story in a music video is definitely going to affect how you visualize the story when you listen to it later. Yes, it's like that across any yeah. music video. Yes, yeah, um, and you know, but the point is, you can if you're a grifter, you can certainly take that song and hijack it, and then compare it to this song. And easily make a comparison, which I don't think he's doing. I, I'm just laying out the the groundwork of how right. these Twitter folks operate. You can easily compare and contrast. They're from the same region. They look pretty damn similar. Well, they're um, not from the same region. They're from Appalachia. Well, is it one you mispronounce it as Appalachia? Appalachia, and, Appalachia. And two, he's not from Appalachia. He's from like. Uh, around like near the Richmond area. That's the Piedmont. Uh, okay, those foothills. Yeah. Okay. Regardless, they look similar. Yeah, they, they, look similar. Ma- they look similar. You can easily make a compare and contrast. So you can easily see how people just jump on this and and grift. Yeah. Um. I love the song. I tend to agree with. And the fudge rounds back to the whole big circle, the fudge round thing. That is true. You, I mean, and that's a problem with the whole food stamp thing in general. You can't buy hot food, so you're going to either buy fudge rounds or you can buy a cooked rotisserie chicken, which is much healthier for you. But you can't buy a cooked rotisserie chicken. You have to buy cold food. You can't buy hot food with food stamps for some odd reason. So yeah, you're going to buy your kids and load them up with sugar, and they're going to be diabetics by the time they're fourteen. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, there's some truth to that. I mean, and his point about the homeless on the street and then the obese abusing mm-hmm. welfare. A lot of the people that are homeless, but I mean, people don't like to hear this. A lot of the people that are homeless, they are drug abusers. So they spend what money they have, not all, a lot, plurality, I would say. Use it to they spend the little money they get on drugs. So if you don't eat and all you do is drugs, you're obviously going to be skinny. There's kind of a a missed point there. But at the same time, I do tend to agree with the point that you the second verse that you guys beat up on. And that that that's not a personal problem, that's just a system problem. No, I yeah. agree with you on that. That that was what I I'm with you on that because I think that people are misconstruing his intention, but they're letting the narrative about this song be what well, he's, and I, I hate this word because it, it it doesn't actually mean what they think it means. They're saying he's fat phobic, uh, right? Oh, God. Like, and I'm just like, I don't think that he's really scared of fat people. But, no. but at the same time, like, 
it, it does it he could have worded it in a much in a much better way that would, didn't come across like you were punching down at, at poor obese people it it comes across that way if you don't really listen to it and try to find and listen to the intention the easy thing to do is to hear that line and be like oh this guy's making fun of fat people who don't have money that that's yeah. the easy thing now that is a that a lazy. listener problem it's a lazy yeah. problem i agree yeah. and some of it's opportunism because we know that um, but it, cause it, there are grifters on both the left and the right. I'm not just going to say only there are only grifters on the right cause there are grifters on the left. And that is the case. Uh, it's the same thing. I've, I, I, I hate talking about these issues sometimes on here cause they're so polarizing. And a lot of times my take on these things, like my take on the try that in a small town controversy is more <laughs> nuanced and it falls somewhere in between the extremes. So like with that one, I, I was sitting there and I like one, I want to be on record that about two months before it was a controversy, the three of us trashed that uh horrible it's, abomination of a song on this show. It's true. Cause it's up. But then then suddenly people that <laughs> otherwise are not gonna listen to Jason Aldean got a hold of the song and then they made it about something that it wasn't. They made it seem like it was a song about being racist, and I, I, I don't believe that it was. There's plenty of reason to criticize that song without having to you know, fabricate things to fit a political narrative. And that's kind of where that went. But you kind of either had to be rah-rah Jason Aldean's making a statement like the right-wing grifters out there acting like it's such a powerful message when it wasn't. It was a, it, it's, a, it's a very inaccurate portrayal of rural America currently in America. And on yeah. top of that, it, it just was poorly written. He didn't write it, but it was poorly written. Um, but you either had to rah rah Jason Aldean standing up, or you're a racist, uh, or nope. you had to criticize it, or you're a racist. Like it, it's just a, no, it, it's a no win situation half the time. But that's that that whole situation had me fuming when I was reading the dumbass takes. On I love I love the reels of that song where it's like dudes and it's like trying to find a girl that your buddies haven't already hooked up with. Try that. <laughs> Try that in a small town. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I mean that, those reels are hilarious because it's a meme of the song, and it's yes. Well, the song itself is a meme. <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, it's self-deprecation of like people that live in small towns. I mean, and I self-deprecation, uh, self-deprecating humor is really funny to me because it, you know, if you can't make fun of yourself, you, you, I, people that can't make fun of themselves, I think lack all humor because you know you yeah yeah it's just general and funny like if i can't poke fun of myself if i'm so uptight that like i get butt hurt anytime someone makes fun of me you're just not a fun person to be around <laughs> so pivoting slightly back to oliver anthony here the reason and it's not like i'm i'm just picking on dan bongino when i say that there's a reason i used his name there so it, it's it's been talked about now that John Rich, formerly of Big and Rich, has offered to produce an album for him and that Dan Bongino said he wants to help him with distribution. Well, one, what does Dan Bongino know about distribution in the music industry? Probably not yet. And this is just it's an opportunistic way for him to try to grow his podcast brand for people that are more likely to to, to buy Patriot water from from some ad on his show. It's just reality of it. Why the the biggest mistake? And I don't have anything against John Rich, really. I like some old Big and Rich stuff here and there, 
But when he gets in all these like ridiculous Twitter takes that the algorithm will occasionally give me, uh, saying like legendary country producer John Rich, I'm like, no, he's not. Like he produced some big and rich stuff. He produced some Gretchen Wilson stuff, a few smaller things here and there. But he's not a legendary producer. He, he's known for being a part of Big and Rich. And I think he was even a Lone Star, that uh, soccer mom band from the early 2000s for a little while. It's um, so. They did have some hits, but they weren't very good. Um, but this would be a mistake for Oliver Anthony. I want to get y'all's take on whether you think it'd be good or not, but I think it's a mistake if Oliver Anthony gets John Rich to be the producer because John Rich is not going to the the very essence of what made this song relatable sonically. is going to be wiped away. Like that kind of like more gritty, real authentic kind of sound. He's it's going to be polished up. It's just what what if you listen to what John Rich has done, and I'm not saying that his productions have been necessarily bad because there's a place for that type of music. It's not. I'm not saying pop country. I'm just talking about more high production value. That's not what this song or what even this musical moment we're in, where the Zach Bryans of the world have really popped off. If you notice, it's been a little more of a lo-fi, more like do it DIY kind of sound that has been popular. Tyler Childers is a good example of that. So I don't think it's a good idea from just a music standpoint for him to hook up with John Rich as a producer. I also think that it's going to immediately be labeled as some type of right-wing artist rather than just being a musical artist. And it probably would be the the soundtrack to, you know, the intros for each, for a new segment on the Sean Hannity show. <laughs> so I think if he, if he really wants a like try to, what we're seeing here is incredible. So if he wants to try to really make a move in the music industry, don't become over overly political. Cause I hate when artists do that, whether left, right or center, it doesn't matter. I hate overly political stuff. Don't become a, a shill for the right wing yeah. activists. May I go first, Andy? Yeah. I would agree with you on the, I guess not. Cause if you take like, on <laughs> well, no, I, I was getting, I was, I was fabricating my sentences for the rest of my point. Um, like with you take like Tyler Childers and uh, I don't know. I think Coulter Wall would probably be another example. Some of the really popular stuff from them is from the brewery sessions and then like the the our vinyl from like Nose to the Grindstone. I've even seen White House Road from that. If you look like I just did some research here on the YouTube. The only thing numbers wise that even comes close to the nose on the grindstone vinyl sessions, which has a very similar sound to this, is the music video to White House Road. Everything else is significantly lower. That that type of thing for this type of artist tends to grab across the spectrum from all listeners. If you get away from that, you've got to become Tyler Shoulders, which was is still extremely popular. There's very few people that have pulled that off. Coulter Wall, Tyler Childers, don't know if I can name another one. I mean, probably Zach Bryan to an extent with some of his new stuff being a little more produced, but it's still distinctly Zach Bryan. There's a few people that have yeah, most gotten away from that and pulled it off. It's a universal sound. <laughs> but that's... <laughs> All right, so my point was, I think this is a problem that faces a lot of independent artists. Do you jump on a label and get 
hella criticized for no longer being independent and in control of your own stuff. Um, we saw that with Coetzel when he did the sellout album. He got some flag for it. Um, that was that. That was a Sony Records, wasn't it? Was it Sony Records? I can't remember sellout Columbia. Okay, might be Columbia. Yeah, but you know, he got some flag for that. It, it, you know, is even in the title of the album. My opinion. Um, in the past five years, I. I'm not as high on Tyler Taylor's new stuff. Um, I think he's kind of changed his. He hasn't released anything as raw as Country Squire or Purgatory. Um, that just may be a change in in sound. Who knows? But I think this is not just a problem that Oliver Anthony has. I think it's a problem that most people have when they blow up. Do you do you relinquish creative control? sign on a record label or do you just wing it and do it yourself do you I mean even Dan Bongino yeah he may be a grifter but he's got deep pocketbooks um, and you know the money and the promotion is I mean it takes a person better than me to turn that down and that's that's a good point Kyle because this is where these are the options that are out in front of Oliver Anthony. Yeah. This is such an overnight. Andy, you remember how we used to talk about Aaron Watson saying he was an overnight success in 10 years. This really is yep. an overnight success. Like this, the, how many streams this is getting, how like far this is rocketing up the charts. This is like literally overnight. So the question he has to answer for himself is, is this sustainable for him that, or does he believe he's good enough to continue to do this a la Tyler Childers, a la Zach Bryan to where they did it right, where it, they didn't, they, neither of them have relinquished creative control. Whatever they do is because they want to do it. So it's a matter of they built their brand big enough and Zach Bryan built his brand big enough. He's a great example because he's from the streaming internet era, especially. And just kept putting out videos, putting out videos, more and more people related to it, selling more and more tickets, putting more asses in the seats. And then when the timing was right, he had the leverage to sign with someone to where he gets to do pretty much what he wants to do creatively, but he has the funding arm uh, of a major label. By, by ha- if you just jump directly in without that leverage, you're going to get screwed over by the record label. It's like any, there, a lot of people who have signed deals will tell you that. If this guy doesn't think that he's got, it, got the, uh, the gas in the tank to go the, to go the distance to wait it out, and then have that leverage then yeah cash in now bro (laughs) secure the bag (laughs) yeah i'm not mad at solid strategy yeah that's a that's a him problem i wish i was in his situation but you know i know right Uh, now the question is if this was an industry plan i was joking with somebody today that who do i need to pay to to start getting them to post about country and cold cans (laughs) maybe we can rival rogan (laughs) yeah i just (laughs) at least for a weekend I don't I don't buy that conspiracy theory because I don't either. To be this successful, it just doesn't work. They'd rule the rule rule the world if they knew how to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And Maybe. it's like it's also some of it I think is a little bit of jealousy because and I can under I think it's not unfounded to be jealous of this because you've been 
Think of it if you've been writing songs, you've been touring hard, living in a van and having a hard life for 5, 10, 15 years. And then here's this cat who, you know, just a few years ago, I read he was working in a, I believe he was working in a, a, a factory. Yep. And then over the weekend, he just gets more followers than Tyler Childers and has 2 million YouTube video views in a day. Yeah, I, I would, I'm, not, I'm human enough to admit that I probably have some sour grapes about it. Yeah, some people got it and some people don't. And that's just a tough. Well, it's like, I think that a lot of some of the, if I'm being honest, a lot of the people that have been, I've seen being sour grapes are, are more talented and have, have better music. This song just, this song in particular just resonated it, with people. It touched a nerve. Yes, it did. For the good and the bad. If you're mad about this song, well, take a look in the mirror. And if you love this song, well, you know, for whatever reason you like it, good for you. And I think on that statement alone, that is what makes music great. It's the old Howard Stern adage. If they're talking about me, good or bad, they're talking about yeah. me. There is no such thing as bad press. The one thing, uh, one point that this is kind of very analogous to. So, you know, are are you too familiar with Stanley Cups? Nope. Nope. So next time you pay attention when you hang out with this, it's very popular amongst uh, white girls. It's the big oh. cups with the straw. I know some of them. Oh, oh, yes. oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I thought you about a person. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Stanley Cups. Like oh, the yeah. cups. Yeah, I know some of them. Yeah, yeah, those have been, Walmart. Yeah, those one. have been around. That company's <laughs> been around for almost a, a hundred years. Why do you think that suddenly since 2020-ish, they've popped off and now they're, every single white girl I know has one. It's because? Influencers. Influencers. They started, they picked up on them, they rebranded to an extent and, and put out this line of Stanley Cups and these influence, influencers wrote about them and then suddenly they had them. And now every white girl I know is walking around with a Stanley Cup. It's true. That doesn't necessarily mean it was an industry plant. Like that's kind of the same thing with Oliver Anthony. They, a lot of people are opportunistic and they saw something here and then they posted it and it was to this guy's benefit. I mean, look, I'm going to say this. Joe Rogan is, he's an influencer, but he's not the quintessential, what you think of Instagram, Twitter influencer. No. If he's also, he's not a, a right winger. <laughs> no, yeah, that too. But I mean, if he just plugs you on his Instagram feed, you're going to get some hella views. I mean, he runs the most popular podcast in the world. Yeah. And he, and he put him on his Instagram. To the Richmond, North of Richmond. He, I mean, yep. he plugged that one song. So it reached him. And I can guarantee you. I knowing Joe Rogan, let's just face it. He could have he could have anyone in the world on his podcast, but there's people he just doesn't want because he has that kind of cachet. There's not many, if any, artists that could just pay him to plug something on his Instagram because he doesn't need the money. So you can't even say they it was paid advertising because he would just be like, no, I'm not going to do it. So, I mean, obviously, he enjoyed the song. He's a big Cult of Wall fan. I know that. Um, and Zach Bryan. Oh, yeah. And Zach, yeah, Zach Bryan was on his podcast a few weeks ago. Um, he resonated with the song and he plugged it. So, I mean, that's just... 
sometimes it's just the luck of the draw. We'll see how it turns out for him in the long run. Yeah. But I mean, he he got the people that he needed to get to plug his stuff. And if you look at I've listened to not all of, but a lot of his other stuff just to kind of get an idea of what his music's like. Was it all going to be this very populist kind of quasi political leaning stuff? And it really wasn't like uh, Virginia was a very, very good song. Ain't got a dollar. I liked like, are there some elements of populism in in his lyrics? Yeah, there are. Um, It's most prevalent on, I want to say, what was the name of it? Just passed it. I want to go home. That one kind of resonated with me personally more than Richmond, north of Richmond. It was just kind of like seeing a lot of things that you don't necessarily agree with, and it just makes you kind of want to check out and go home, kind of get out of the the out of society for a little while. Um, but he's got some solid stuff. It's not necessarily my favorite style of music, but it's. There is some some solid stuff here, some some promise with the guy's ability. Um, so I'm I like you said, I'm interested to see what what happens with the guy. Was it a flash in the pan? If it was, it was a hell of a weekend. Is he going to be a Duran Duran or is it, weekend? Yeah, is he yeah. going to be Duran Duran or is he going to be Zach Bryan? To be determined. Yeah, but it's like we can't understate how just crazy this was. Though Zach Bryan yeah. didn't blow up this fast. No, 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 yeah. Um, and the last point I'll make is the Richmond, North of Richmond song. It speaks a language that I know all too well. English? Speaks a language. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Is yeah. English not a language? <laughs> no, I mean, it. it the, the gist of the song, I know people that talk this way and think this way. Yeah, I do too. I mean, almost I mean too if anybody's being verbatim. honest, they ever they do, and it's like and, and the people I know that are like this, they're not all right wing. A lot of them are, some of them are left wing because they're popular. It's it's more populist than it is right wing, is what my yes. whole take was. And I, yeah. but I when I before I listened to it, you would have made it seem like this was like a song singing about sucking Donald Trump's dick, and it wasn't. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> it's a very it's a little refreshing. Um, it's different. I mean, I would got. <clears throat> I think I'm a little higher on it than you two because I, I like it quite a bit, actually. Yeah, I, 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 no, I, I've, it's grown on me. I didn't like it the first time because I couldn't get past the second verse, but I see what he's getting at, and I liked a lot of. I think it's a well written song overall. Yes. Um, I, if you want my honest opinion, the part that touched, I think people got butthurt over it was not the fat shaming <laughs> it was talking about coal miners versus a miner on an island somewhere i think that touched a nerve which i don't understand why it did that's the part that like grady smith talked about this he did a video on it uh, it was about a nine minute video that he did or maybe a 10 minute video that he did last uh in the last like couple days i listened to it last night he talked about that and he's not an overly political guy on his show, just like we aren't on our show. And it's, he was like, this song is going to be, because he said the song is, he liked the song. He said it was well-written. It touched his populist vein. He's like, and it's going to be very polarizing. He goes, and it's only just begun. He goes, it's going to be ugly. And I, I agree with him on that because he, he mentioned specifically 
Kyle, to your point about the line about uh, caring more about miners being the coal miners than miners on an island somewhere. Mm-hmm. And but there are people out there that are instead of just acknowledging, hey, the Epstein Island thing was a real thing. And there were a lot of powerful people confirmed to have been going down there. They're just they're talking it up as like conspiracies. Wasn't really a conspiracy. It was kind of fucked up. <laughs> See the point. It, that, it was fucked up. The point I took away from that wasn't even so much that it was. We're all all three of us are old enough to remember, you know, the whole learn to code thing. Yeah, and. In the journalism industry, there's been a lot of layoffs. I think that more so than the Epstein Island thing is what really just pissed a lot of people off is that a lot of journalists and newspapers are going under. And, you know, a few five, six, seven years ago, it was a meme that all the journalists were like telling blue collar folks to learn to code. And then, yeah, now they're all getting laid off. And, you know, the blue collar, blue collar work is not necessarily coal miners, but a lot of blue collar industries are in like a renaissance where we're desperately short staffed on trades. And I think that one line just really pisses off certain sections of the white collar economy where, you know, especially, and I can't say this anymore because of the new rules on X for blue check marks, but what I used to call the blue check mark journos, yeah. because Left, right, didn't matter. Most of the journalists out there sucked. Yeah, and they, they were not journalists. They were activists on yeah. both sides of the aisle. And it was really frustrating. because, And they also were so far stuck up their own ass like about every single issue. And so it's like it, it sucks to kind of like see people lose their jobs. But at the same time, because of how loud they were, Talking you have down a smoke to Americans. You it's kind of you're smirking a little bit, like you, you know these sm- sons of bitches kind of deserved it. Yeah, I mean, as somebody who is on both sides of that aisle, I do IT work and also electrical work. I, I I can see both sides of it, and I I don't disparage anyone, but sometimes you know, oh, you know, this newspaper laid off 350 people. Hmm, sucks. You know. You you kind of have a smug smile as you read it, because it wasn't that long ago that they were making fun of a lot of people that were getting laid off and telling you know, people who had been down in the mines for fifteen twenty years to learn to code. And I'm like, half yeah. of these people. I've been to West Virginia recently. A lot of these small towns, half the town doesn't have running water, and you're telling them to go learn to code. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, stop it's being, ridiculous. Stop being a prick. Yeah, I mean, it's very pompous and very yeah. um, holier than thou. So that is the reason I think it touched a nerve with a lot of the internet crowd, the way too online crowd. It was people who live their lives online. Yeah. I don't even think it was so much the Epstein Island thing. I just think it was, they just saw that and they were just like, because you know, those are the same people that are like, I don't care about the outside world. As long as my Uber eats comes, and <laughs> my air conditions but, working. I like don't care with your like. I don't care. Kevin, why can't you work from home? I'm doing it. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I'm like, care. Well, I don't I mean, care where my electricity <laughs> comes from, or how I charge my Tesla. The lights are on. I don't care. It's just uh, ugh, you delivered my groceries. Leave it at the front door. No contact delivery, and my Uber eats is here. I don't care. Why can't you work from the, home? 
Like, the no, disdain, you don't understand. The, the disdain that a lot of like white collar America has for blue collar, hardworking, working class Americans who are struggling. And, you know, a lot of people, everybody's kind of feeling, been feeling the pain more so, but the disdain that they have for people that work with their hands is incredibly frustrating to me. And yeah, it's, it, it's, it, it, it's very, especially considering, <laughs> especially considering most of these white collar people don't have any money either. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. So, I mean, like I said, they're, they pretend to be rich more than they are. Yeah. There's a, there's a fine line of demarcation between rich and then everyone yeah. else. <laughs> everyone else is for the most part in that not rich bucket. Literally almost all of us. <laughs> yeah. They don't call it the one percent for nothing. Right. Yeah, but I just, you know, it's just like you're yeah. Like I said, I don't I don't care how my food gets made as long as it just comes in a bag on Uber Eats and it's delivered at my door. I know someone had to make it. And that cuts at the heart of what a lot of this song was about is the struggles people are having and then the yeah. smug pompousness that we've been that yeah. the in the tone that they've been spoken to over the yeah. years. And that's to your point, a hundred percent why it's been such a big hit is because it struck, it struck a, the amount of people that I know is it was at least three or four people the morning Monday morning sent me this song just because they wanted me to listen to it because you know we do the podcast. And like they're blue collar workers. It's struck and they aren't overly like music people. They don't really get into the music, listen to whatever's kind of popular on the radio. They don't get into it like we do. They just listen to this and it's right up their alley. And they're they're it struck a nerve with them. It's a on one hand it's a vindication and and then on the other side it is it it struck a nerve and it hit deep and it it pisses people off on the opposite side of that spectrum. Very much so. So it's been interesting to see. I'm interested to see what else he's got. Mm-hmm. You should check out some of his other stuff. Oh, I've listened to like I've, I've, I've listened to the hits. Um, I do enjoy yeah. Dog on it quite a bit. Yeah, I don't. Any, like do you listen title. to any of the others? Yeah, I listened to whatever Spotify Spotify played me today. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. All, I didn't catch all the names. I hate Dog on it. I I love the song. I hate the name because it reminds me of Roy Williams. <laughs> but his Dag- was Daggummit. Daggummit, yeah. Dog on it. Daggummit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I want to well, go let home. Us know very we- good. Yeah, so, I, I like. I want to go home a lot. Uh, yeah. There, I, there's still some some that I haven't listened to that I'm planning on getting to to try to give it a couple of listens to see if I like it, but. But yeah, let us know what you think about this whole situation. Do you buy into the he's an industry plant? Do you buy into that it's manufactured? Like, I'm curious to know your thoughts on why you think that is. Um, also, what do you think of the song? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Do you think he's right, wrong, somewhere in between? There's a, a link in the description of this pod that will says click here to leave us a voicemail. Hit us there. I'm very curious at what everybody thinks about this. I'm sure everybody, I'm sure with how popular this is, that an opinion on this song, is like an asshole. Everybody has one. Uh, So yeah, be sure to give us five stars. Great review. So for this episode of Country and Cold Cans, I am Logan, sitting here with Trucker Andy and Kyle. We'll see you next time.